Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. And we know now, pretty much in the United States, in almost every single church, has nothing to do with our church. has to do with the church's people's minds. Most people now come about every three weeks. What happened the other two weeks? Well, too busy. Cares of this life, kids, soccer, you name it. Boom, boom, boom. And pretty soon, what happened to my faith? And Satan comes in and he discourages me and I have no strength to fight him. Can I challenge you? It's not about coming every week. I'm not talking about that. But if you're not in the word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You can have no faith. The church in America is as weak as it's been in quite some time. Sure, there are these churches with tens of thousands of people, but in terms of its influence on society, the church has certainly fallen back. In fact, the outside culture has invaded the culture and beliefs of the church. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about one of the reasons this may have happened. Loss of faith by those who proclaim Christ. He'll be talking about various factors contributing to the spiritual weakness of those in the church and what the Bible says about strengthening these weak areas. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. As he continues his message, contrasts in life help us to know what is best. So Paul says, I'm teaching you from the word. Do you know that there's many churches now that don't teach the word? They dilute the word. And one of the interesting things, you can go to a lot of churches. You will never hear the key from the book of Revelation. And they will say, well, the book of Revelation doesn't have any application to us at all. That's total foolishness. In the book of Revelation, John writes... If you'll read this book and study this book, you will be blessed. Anybody want to be blessed in your life? So when we get to 2 Thessalonians, I'm going to dip in just a little bit into that book of the Revelation. It has to do with end times. And if you'll come as you are now, guess what? You'll be worse off for the book of Revelation. Is that right? No, you're going to be better off. But the world doesn't believe that because they never read it. So you ought to be glad today that you are in a church that teaches the word of God. Because you're not in the dark you know what's going to happen. Amen. Now, look at verse 6. So then, here comes that contrast again. Let us, believers, not be like others who are unbelievers, who are asleep, but here's two key words you can circle, but be alert and self-control. So Paul is saying to these people, As you wait for your death or the rapture, here's how to live. And he focuses on two habits that you and I should have as Christ followers. Number one, be alert 
and be self-controlled. That contrast. Now, here it is. What's the opposite of being alert? Contrast. Being alert versus being indifferent or unaware. An alert person is aware, sensitive to life, morally and spiritually. We get it. You'll see later, we're in a spiritual warfare. We understand that. This is not a party. This is a warfare. And when I'm alert, I'm sensitive to the things of the Spirit. Not weirdness, but I understand that the Holy Spirit lives in me. And so I'm going to be morally and spiritually awake. I get it. I understand when I'm tempted what the Satan is trying to do. On the other hand, an unbeliever is often indifferent to spiritual truths, unaware that they will be judged by God because they rejected God's free offer of forgiveness. They simply don't get it. They're living in the dark spiritually. They would never understand. We want to be alert. We want to be on mission for Jesus Christ. People don't understand when they die, there's only two places of destination. But we know. And that's why the Bible tells us about this. Now, I want to challenge you to see how smart you are. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm pretty smart. Come on, come on. I'm pretty smart. Okay, if you're pretty smart, then tell me what this is. How many have no idea what that is? Come on, be real. Raise your hand. I have no idea what I'm looking at. Now, what about the rest of you? How many know exactly what that is? Well, the rest of you know nothing. For or against. What's with you? All right. Back in, I can't remember, I think it was December. I finally sold my 2009 Camry that had been a good car. I sold it. I sold it. Ten years old. And I bought a new RAV, Toyota RAV. And that is on my dashboard now. That's called an auto lane change alert. When you're driving that car and you have this on and you're driving in a lane and all of a sudden you get distracted or do whatever. By the way, it's easy to get distracted in a new car because down on that panel... I'm still learning. I've had four months. I said, where's the air conditioner? How does it blow here? What does that do? What what is that one doing over there? If you get a new car, good luck. You got to go back to college, actually. And I've learned something. I can't be pushing down there and driving out the... Because I'm going right out of the lane immediately, right on a neighbor's yard or something. So when that thing comes on and you go outside... By the way, there's a great place you have to be careful with this. 192 in Minton. Nobody there knows where they're going. And the car knows because there's the lanes. It sees the lanes. You know the car, when it's my car now, it's just a rev. When it sees the speed limit, it pops right in your face. It's like the Holy Spirit, 35. It's amazing. I don't know whether they're Christians or not. I don't know what the deal is. But anyway, as you're, as you're going down your lane, if you, for some reason, just start to go out, you know what it does? Wonk, wonk, wonk. And it's not just that. It drives itself to get you back. And I have to say, get your hands off the wheel, would you? 
See, the only way you can avoid that is put the turning signal on. But I always forget. Now, why did the car manufacturers design that? To protect from accidents and to protect from deaths. You understand that it's easy driving today in our world to get distracted, to get drowsy, to get comfortable. Have you ever noticed how many people, by the way, if you go to Singapore, we've been many times, you caught talking on the phone, you will be fined immediately. They see you and they have cameras everywhere. They don't even have a policeman anywhere. By the way, that's a safe way to drive. You can't talk on the phone while you drive. I wish we had it. Do you realize how many people get in accidents by talking on the phone? They're getting distracted. That's what that whole thing is about. Now, do you know this? Paul says we're to be alert. And I've watched this in so many people's lives, even my own. You know, when God calls us, he puts us in a lane. At the head of the lane is Jesus Christ. I'm supposed to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But if I'm not careful, I can get distracted by the things of life. And pretty soon, I find myself outside the line. And who am I now following? Me. That's very common for Christians. They're no longer alert. They're asleep spiritually. They're just caught up by the busyness of life. It's dangerous. And I just want to challenge you. If you used to follow Christ and you're in that lane, we're not talking about a lane that's like this. It's impossible to follow him. Not at all. We have the spirit to help us. And you're growing spiritually and you're not aloof and you're following him. That's the way we do life. But very often, Satan, with the things of this world and all kinds of emotional things, pretty soon we find ourselves, how did I get out here? Let me challenge you. At the end of this service, you need to make a recommitment and come right on back to following Jesus. That's the only way you're going to get to the destination you want to go to. Quit playing outside the lines and let's be right on alert for Jesus Christ. Let's get back doing what we're supposed to be doing. Now, that was really mostly for the world because they don't follow that lane. They always follow their own lane. But we know better. And Paul is challenging us. Be alert. Don't be distracted. Don't be apathetic. Don't be lazy about your spiritual walk. Get back in line following the road that God put you on. Stay in that lane that he's given you as a gift from salvation. Amen? Now, finish this statement. Don't fall asleep on the... Three of you worked. The rest of you have never worked. Please never fall asleep on the job. Of course. What is our job? Stay on mission. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. We have to stay on mission in our world. That's why you're here. I've been assigned while I'm on that lane following Jesus. It's going to be about a lot of things, but it's never going to move away from being on mission. Share this week 
with your neighbors, your friends. Last Monday, I had to get my glasses. I had to go to my tax guy, and I went someplace else. I can't remember where it was, and I gave three of these out to people. And I just shared that and invited them to Good Friday, invited them to the weekend. Just, I think it was two days ago, my wife went down to a neighbor. They're not ever interested at all. And she just went down, gave them this, explained it, leave it. That's all you can do. It's good. See, we stand mission. Now, look what he says. He didn't just say, be alert. Look at, in verse 6, he says, be self-controlled. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, we find in Galatians. It means to be clear-headed in a crazy, sinful world. It means we're disciplined. We have some discretion. We refrain from losing control no matter what's happening. We're self-controlled. And of course, that's a gift of the Spirit to help us just to be controlled. Don't go off on crazy little things that mean nothing. Waste your time. Just stay on the main thing is the main thing is the main thing. Now watch what he says in verse 7. For those who sleep and aren't alert, he's talking in darkness, sleep at night. And for those who get drunk, they get drunk at night. So here's another one. Look what he says. Contrast. Christ followers live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Unbelievers live under the influence of Satan and their sin nature. Drugs, alcohol, marijuana, anger, pornography, whatever. Now, let me ask you a question. When you used to drink, many of you did, and many of you used to get drunk. I just happened to be a life that I didn't have that issue, but, of course, still have plenty of other issues. When you were drunk from drinking too much, whose influence were you under? Yours? No, you were not. You were under the influence of what? Alcohol. Same with drugs. How do I know that? Because if you were smart enough... You asked for somebody else to drive you home. Am I right? Why? Because you were under the influence of what? You? No. The drug. Here's the way we live life. You want to be under the influence, not of drugs, not of alcohol, not pornography. You want to be the influence of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that directs you. Do you realize how many young ladies who go off to college in that first year, they go to a frat party and they're pregnant. Their life is destroyed. Or abortion. Why? They came under the alcohol or drugs. Am I right? This is not a weird thing. This is a very common thing all through our world. That's Satan's goal. He's deceptive. And when we see all this happening, we have to remain. And Paul says, you're not that person. Don't come under the influence of something artificial. God, the Holy Spirit, is to be your influence. He writes it like this. You know this passage. Look at Ephesians 5. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. I just put in these words. Be alert and understand what the Lord wants you to do. Do not be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, come under the influence. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the way life is to be lived. And when you think about that, he goes right on to verse 8. Look at this. But since we belong to the day, we're Christians, let us be self-controlled. And he loves these three words. Putting on faith and love as a breastplate. I'll get there in a moment. And here's the third word he likes. The hope of salvation as a helmet. 
So what is Paul saying there? He says, the reason you and I need to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, allow him to speak to us and say, no, 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 don't go there. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit say that to you? I hope so, because that means I'm listening and then I just have to obey. Turn that off. Take your eyes and move it somewhere else. Don't put that down. This is going to get personal. Don't put that down on the tax report. Well, they'll never catch it. Somebody's already caught it. Am I right? So the Holy Spirit convicts us. Well, I don't like that. No, you should love that. He's warning you. Don't go there. He knows the outcome. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Now, notice what he says. We're in a spiritual battle. That's why he talks about putting on armor. Now, chapter 6 in Ephesians is the whole armor thing. He's just mentioning three. Now, the first thing he talks about when we see this, understand, Paul loved that principle. And so, in other words, believers must be ready in season and out of season. And we must be understanding that we have to have self-control because Satan is always out to tempt us, discourage us, steal, kill, and destroy. We are not playing life. You and I are in a battle today till we leave this earth. Now, we don't have to be afraid because the battle has already been won. But we have to do this. Faith and love are the breastplate that covers the vital organs of the body. So what does that mean? Faith and love are the breastplate. If I put a breastplate on me, what is it protecting? My heart. The Bible tells us that the heart is the center of all of our decisions. The decisions are made in the heart. It's a spiritual decision, how we're going to go. So notice, faith and love are the breastplate that covers the vital organs of the body. All right, let's talk about faith. Where do I get faith from? I just gave you the answer right there. Let's see if you can get it. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the? Word of God. Okay, so that means the more I hear the word of God, what's going to happen to my faith? It's going to grow. What is faith? Faith is believing the promises of God. Where do I find the promises of God? In the word. Now, remember, some of you, when January came, you started going to the gym. This is not condemnation. This is just truth. Okay, and you went every morning. Well, you just finished March. When's the last time you've been at the gym? Well, Pastor Mike, I drive by it every day. Oh, good. The key word is drive by. You didn't stop in. So as you were doing really good for those two months, what's happened now? Your arm looks like blubber. Well, let's try spiritually. Faith is a muscle. It has to be exercised. How do I exercise my faith? Well, if like many people in the United States now, not so much you guys, but it is obviously evident at at all of our churches in the United States, people used to come to the church pretty much every week. They used to be in their Bible pretty much on a daily basis, just a little while in the Bible. Hearing, hearing comes by the word of God. What's happening today? Well, you drive by the church, but you don't come into the church. And we know now, pretty much in the United States, in almost every single church, 
has nothing to do with our church. It has to do with the church's people's minds. Most people now come about every three weeks. What happened the other two weeks? Well, too busy. Cares of this life, kids, soccer, you name it, boom, boom, boom. And pretty soon, what happened to my faith? And Satan comes in, and he discourages me, and I have no strength to fight him. Can I challenge you? It's not about coming every week. I'm not talking about that. But if you're not in the word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You have no faith. And your heart is open to the lies of Satan. Careful. See, Satan is so deceptive. Because when we skip that, skip our quiet time, Satan just goes, you're not strong. You don't believe in the promises of God. Now, as I said, faith is complete trust in the promises of God. But if I'm not reading them and hearing them, I doubt it. And doubt doesn't grow us. So here's what you want to understand. Contrast. Christ followers know and they obey the word. It's not just knowing. It's obeying the word. But unbelievers, they don't know the word because they never read the word. They don't understand it. They might have a Bible, but they don't understand it. And obviously, they don't obey the word. If you don't know it, you can't obey it. So love for God is the second thing. Not just faith, but love for God and love for others guards our heart the same way. It helps us to focus. Now, love is an emotion, but it's also a verb. When we do compassion for our community outside, that's love in what? Action. Good job. Way to go. I was listening to his new song. It's actually come out in 2018. Chris Tomlin. And he says, is God worthy? And first time I heard it yesterday, man, I wept. My wife and I wept just before I came to church like crazy. I put it on the first thing this morning. I'm weeping. I'm getting ready for church, baby, just in case you don't know. You say, well, that's kind of stupid. No, I want a sensitive heart as I'm teaching the word of God. I want God to speak to me to you. This is not a game. This is where God, when you leave here, you go, whoa, God was there. It's not about my shouting. It's about your hearing. Why would you want to come to church and go, well, just another day. Here we go again. No, this is where God speaks to us. When I heard that song, go home and play it. I just, the band heard me talk about they're going to start playing it. Wait till you do it. You guys are going to be crying. Don't laugh at me anymore. Now, it's fantastic. So you may think this is wrong doctrinally, but it's 1,000% true. Contrast. Christ followers love God and other people, proving that, that we share the gospel. Unbelievers love themselves and not God. Pastor Mark, that's pretty hard to say for the unbeliever. How dare you? That's not my word. You know what Paul says? In the last days, people will be lovers of self instead of lovers of God. That's the day we're in. Politically, liberally, all of this, the world. No use for God. That's a mark of the end days. It's coming. They just love themselves. Doesn't mean they're bad people. They just love themselves. They don't care for God. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked about the contrast between being spiritually awake and asleep. As a Christ follower, you're expected to be spiritually awake, developing a stronger and deeper relationship with God you learned that one of the characteristics of a Christian is to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. 
protecting yourself through your obedience to God. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will be closing out his teaching, Contrasts in Life, Help Us to Know What is Best. He'll be reminding you that you're in a lifelong spiritual battle and that God's made protection for you to use. You'll learn about that protection and how to use it. Pastor Mark will also tell you what the focus of your lifestyle should be and what it shouldn't be. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series called Live Here Now, Then Live There Forever. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.